Welcome along to this bite-sized edition of Tax and Lunch. Thanks for joining me. I'm Vincent Lachardi. You're listening to the podcast for tax advisors to high net worth individuals, wealthy family groups and private clients. I'm really excited that you're joining me for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your team so they can also gain the inside perspective. Let's listen in. You never go broke by giving. These were the words from trucking legend and Victorian billionaire Lindsay Fox in the last few days when it was announced that the Fox family would donate $100 million towards the construction of the new National Gallery of Victoria, which is due for completion by around 2030. So what structures can wealthy clients put in place to carry out their philanthropic endeavours while ensuring that they control who uses their funds and how? Well, let me take you through the main vehicle that's used, a private charitable trust called a private ancillary fund, sometimes called a PAF. And that's how I'll refer to it in this podcast. The PATH can be used to support gifts and bequests to culture and the arts, hospitals, sport, medicine, education, welfare and human rights. In fact, the PATH could be used to support a combination of those philanthropic areas, so long as donations are made to other deductible gift recipients. Usually clients will want to establish a path when their philanthropic objectives are long-term, might involve their children, broader family members, and usually the path will be used as part of multi-generational giving. There's the obvious tax benefits too, because donations to your client's path by the family are immediately tax deductible albeit that the ultimate gifts to third parties may not happen for many years. In a really simple example, let's say your client makes a $50 million capital gain from a partial exit of their business. Tax on that would ordinarily be in the order of $12.5 million. However, let's say your client decides that they want to start a path and donate $5 million to get that path off the ground. Their tax bill is now $10 million on that capital gain, saving your client $2.5 million in tax, all the while retaining control over the funds and how those funds can be used for philanthropic purposes in the future. So what's actually required to set up a PATH? Well, let me take you through that right now, and I'm going to step through a number of points. You'll need to create a trust that has the right trustee in place with the right objectives and purposes, wind up clauses and terms. The trustee will need to be a corporate trustee and also agree to the PATH guidelines. The PATH guidelines are very extensive. I'll take you through those shortly. Your client will also need to identify at least one person from outside their family who will be a director and what's referred to as a responsible person for the trust or for the PATH. 
A responsible person can include doctors, nurses, lawyers, accountants. They will usually have some form of responsibility, usually because of their professional obligations to the general community or the community at large. However, that responsible person can't be a donor to your client's path if they donate more than $10,000 to the fund. The PAF's governing rules, so the terms of the trust deed for the PAF, need to include objects that clearly set out the purposes of the fund and require that on winding up, the balance of the PAF after paying out liabilities and other costs must be donated or given to another DGR. Your PATH will obviously be a not-for-profit entity and it will need to be established for that purpose. Second, you'll need to obtain an ABN for the PATH. That should be very easy. I'm not going to go through it in detail. Getting the ABNs available online and I'm sure most of you will have obtained many of those for your clients before. Number three, the PATH will need to be endorsed as a DGR by the ATO. This is an application that's completed via the ATO. However, in some cases, you may actually apply for DGR endorsement via the ACNC. That's via the Charities Commission. If you also want your PATH to be a charity, it makes sense that in reality it would be. This would also ensure that your PATH is eligible for other tax concessions, such as income tax exemption. Perhaps the most interesting but important part of setting up the PATH is knowledge of the PATH guidelines. These are pretty rigorous rules to ensure that the funds that are donated to the PATH are not misused or misapplied. I'll run you through these rules quickly now. I'm not gonna to touch on all of them, but I just wanna give you a sense on what is actually required on an ongoing basis to maintain the path because these guidelines are much more onerous than the simple companies or trusts that your clients might already use to carry out their businesses and also hold assets. You can obviously give me a call to discuss any of those points as well as I set up these structures for clients and obtain all of the endorsements from the ATO and the ACNC. So number one, under the PATH guidelines, and perhaps one of the most important points to be aware of when you are establishing the PATH for your clients, is that you will need to distribute a minimum of 5% of the market value of the fund at the end of the private prior year. You can ask the ATO to reduce that 5% distribution threshold. I haven't seen the ATO do that in too many circumstances. They did over the last couple of years, for example, with COVID, but they often will require catch up distributions in future years. What I have seen is when establishing the PATH, you might ask the ATO to reduce the distribution requirement for perhaps two or three years to the bare minimum to enable the PATH to establish its financial base.
Just remember that distributions in this sense can be financial and non-financial distributions. So for example, your client might start a path, the path acquires a property, and that property is leased out to another DGR with a rental discount. The amount of the discount counts towards the minimum 5% distribution. Each year, the PATH will need to prepare detailed financial statements. It also needs to be audited by a registered company auditor each year. One of the critical points is that the responsible person for the PATH must be actively involved in the operations of the PATH. This doesn't mean that they need to sign off every decision, but they certainly need to know what's going on. Your client can't just install someone who takes a back seat and doesn't actually contribute to running the PATH. In particular, the investment decisions that are made in respect to the PATH's assets and to whom donations are ultimately made. The PATH needs to have an investment strategy. It also can't borrow money except in very limited circumstances. One of the obvious ones under the guidelines is also that the PATH can't enter into non-commercial transactions with obviously with related parties, but it can certainly do so with other DGRs. For example, as I described earlier, the discounted rent on the property that's been leased to the charity. Given that we're talking about a private ancillary fund, a private charitable trust, your client's trust can't solicit donations from the public at large, and it can only get less than 20% of its donations from people who aren't closely linked to the founder of the PATH. Realistically, noting the significance of the responsibilities that come with running a PATH and the ongoing administrative requirements, my view is that clients wouldn't start a PATH without an active and ongoing interest in philanthropy and at a minimum, realistically, they need to be considering a donation or bequest of a minimum of $2 million to start the PATH. I have seen circumstances where less than $2 million is donated, a number of circumstances in fact. However, my view is, in particular noting the ongoing administrative requirements and costs associated with managing the PATH, you really need to have $2 million or more to start, ideally five. Especially when those funds need to be invested and hopefully generate at least a 5% return to maintain the capital base of the fund, noting that you have to distribute each year a minimum of 5% of the market value of the fund calculated at the end of the previous financial year. Overall, if your wealthy clients don't have a PATH, then you should be discussing this option with them. There are serious opportunities here to contribute to society in a meaningful way over the long and very long term, but there are also the immediate tax benefits available under the tax law.